Hey friends, it's great to be with you. Uh, I'm Greg Johnson. I'm one of the leaders at uh, Sanctuary. And one of, my, one of my roles and passions is to kind of be part of the prayer community here. And uh, um, we have been seeking God for a breakthrough, uh, for revival and, and of the Holy Spirit. And so it's awesome to be here on Pentecost, the day of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm gonna preach about the Holy Spirit today. And that just reminds me, uh, just before I start, just a, a reminder that we have some amazing, um, uh, we have some amazing gatherings for prayer. Um, and uh, Tuesday nights are kind of our day to gather for prayer. And this Tuesday at 7.30, right here, um, we're going to be meeting for heart. And I just really want to encourage you guys to put that in your calendars and uh, show up. So, so with that, how many of you have ever had a hard day? What got you through? What got you through the hard day? Was it, was it binging your favorite show on Netflix? Was it, was it chocolate? Was it potato chips? Was it chocolate potato chips? Sounds kind of gross. Was it a massage? Was it video games? Was it some other means of, of escape? How many of you have ever had a hard year? An entire year? Uh, I think many of us could say we've probably had a hard year this year. For many of us, it's been a tough year. We've had, we've had a few things happening this year, in, 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 including a pandemic. Some of us had to juggle our kids and our jobs. Some of us lost our jobs. We canceled our plans. We ate the, the manna of Zoom all year. It got us through the COVID wilderness, but we're sick of it. You know, I had a hard year. Um, Actually, I had several hard years, and uh, definitely not my in in intention to like complain or, but I just want to keep it real with you guys. It was a hard year for me, and it wasn't just hard because my 40th birthday was on Zoom, or because my 15th wedding anniversary was canceled, or because of the pandemic, or you know, work stuff, or all the craziness in the news. But on top of that, um, my mom died last December, and. On top of that, my mother-in-law just passed away in March. And see, before all this, several years ago, before all these hard things happened, God had tapped me on the shoulder and told me that he wanted me to seek him for a revival and to help others do the same. And I was so excited about this calling and everything that came with it uh, at first. But over the years, things didn't go the way I'd hoped. Revival has taken longer to come than I thought it would, and things got harder than I thought they would. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, our, you know, the famous boxer Mike Tyson, who said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It, you know, sometimes I feel like I got punched in the mouth by life over the past few years. Maybe you do too. And I've been wrestling with this question. How do I hold fast to the calling God's given me around his kingdom, around revival, when hard stuff keeps happening in my life? How do I keep the, my flame burning for Jesus when the waves of suffering keep coming over the sides of my boat? But see, I'm not the only one who needs to figure this out. We actually all need to wrestle with this question because uh, sanctuary, God's given us a calling. When he called us as a church into existence, he put in our DNA, he put in our hearts a longing for renewal, a longing for his kingdom. He gave us a purpose and a prayer. 
it can't just be about surviving for us. We actually exist because we've heard of God's mighty fame and deeds, and we're here to see God's fame and his deeds renewed in our time, in this place, in this city. But we've had a hard year. Some of us have had several hard years. Some of us are tired. So how do we as God's people called to this calling, called to renewal in this crazy time, how do we respond when things get hard, when we get punched in the mouth? So um, if you have your Bible, uh, never a a bad idea, by the way, uh, you can open to Acts chapter 4. And I want to read in just a moment from Acts chapter 4. Uh, verses 23 through 35. But before I do, here's a little background. Jesus had been through some really tumultuous times. He'd been tortured to death on a Roman cross just a couple months previous. Uh, It was an angry mob. It was like an angry lynch mob. And the politicians that refused to stand up to them that killed Jesus. Then, of course, he was raised from the dead, and that freaked his disciples out. But for 40 days, he stayed with them and he helped them understand God's rescue plan for the world. And once they began to understand this plan and their place in it, he commissioned them and empowered them. And then he left. He ascended to heaven. And 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. Crowds gathered. They heard the fire. They heard the wind and the fire. And Peter stood up and he preached the gospel and the church was born. But now... Shortly after this, and this is where this passage takes place, the disciples have found themselves in hot water again. They healed a man, and crowds gathered uh, because of this miracle, and Peter preached again. But this time, the Jewish leaders had Peter and John arrested. And these were, by the way, the same guys who got Jesus tortured to death a few weeks earlier. These were the same leaders from whom all the disciples fled. These were the leaders that Peter denied Jesus to because he feared for his life. And it was these leaders who threw Peter and John in jail. And they threatened them and they commanded him, don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And for me, I don't know about you, but that would be a hard day. That would be a hard day, a punch in the mouth. And so these disciples had this calling to join God like us in bringing revival and renewal to their city. But then... They were arrested and threatened and by dangerous, powerful people. How did they respond? And so Acts 4 says this, starting in verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit. Through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And then they continued praying. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace, get this, was so powerfully at work in in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is the word of the Lord. So there are four basic options for us as God's people when we experience pain and suffering and difficulty and hardship. Option one, we can give up. We can say, you know, this, is, this kingdom thing is a great idea, but in reality, it's just too hard. It's too much. And so option one is we let go of the dreams that God puts in our heart. We give up on our holy longings. Maybe we're disillusioned and we call it quits. And you know, so many times in these past few years, I've been tempted to give up. Maybe you've been tempted to give up. Maybe, maybe you have. The disciples could have given up, but they didn't. Option two, we can check out. So we don't give up. We don't say, you know, the heck with the kingdom of God and I'm just gonna, you know, do my thing. But we don't really stay in the game either. Instead, we check out. We're, maybe we're there physically. Maybe we show up to church. Maybe we don't. But our hearts are far out. They're not in it. Or oftentimes we check out by numbing out. Uh, maybe with alcohol or other substances. Maybe with screens. Maybe we just binge shows until we fall asleep on the couch or play video games or sleep or look at porn or just eat stuff. Whatever it is, we turn to something else when we numb out, something that's not Jesus, something that gets us by, gets us through the day. Um, For me recently, it's um, it's been Amazon Prime, just going to be real. Uh, When I uh, feel overwhelmed, I just go on Prime and I start looking for sound equipment. Or I research stuff on the internet, and for me, it's weird stuff like fourth generation nuclear reactor design or (laughs) the history of Soviet communism. I don't know what you research. And you know, there can be such things as hobbies, right? Healthy hobbies, and any of the things I described can be healthy. It's great to listen to jazz on your record player. But the question is, are we doing it with Jesus or are we doing it to escape? Are we doing it to escape from Jesus and even escape from our own souls? So how have you been tempted to check out or numb out when things have gotten hard? What's your drug of choice? The disciples could have checked out or numbed out when things got hard, but they didn't. Option three, we can burn out. This is the option where we keep going, right? Stuff's hard and we keep going. We keep pressing in, we keep pushing forward, but we do it in our own strength, out of our own doggedness and determination. You know, some afternoons this year, my body and my brain shut down around 3 p.m. But I needed to get stuff done, and so I put my nose to the grindstone and I'd crank. We can push into workaholism. We can ignore the grief and the sadness that's just under the surface. And it works for a while until it doesn't, until we crash. And I'd say in the past few years, I've probably burned out 
may be burned out twice. When we keep going in our own strength and we try to do God's work in our own strength, eventually we burn out. And some of you guys here have burned out. And if you have, don't despair. There's hope for us, but we need to come back to Jesus. The disciples could have gutted it out. They could have burned out, but they didn't. So what did they do when things got hard? Option four, we can ask for more of God. We can ask for a fresh refilling of God's presence and power and his spirit. That's what the disciples do. See, they'd seen Jesus minister, and they knew that he ministered out of the fullness of the Spirit. Jesus didn't do ministry until the Holy Spirit came on him at his, bap- at his baptism. And the disciples themselves had experienced the power and the uplifting force that happens when they're filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And they knew that what they really needed was God himself, more of God more of his presence and his power in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so they gathered together in prayer and they asked God for more. They said, God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. They said, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What they're really asking for is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And so here's my main point today in case case it gets lost somehow is that what we need right now is the same thing the disciples needed. We need more of God's Spirit. We might think we need all sorts of things when life gets hard, but what we really need, friends, is more of God himself. The Holy Spirit is God. God himself, the third person of the Trinity, the one who fills us with the presence and power of God, the one who makes it possible for us to not give up, not check out, not burn out, but move forward with life and power. In Luke 24, after Jesus is resurrected, he says to his disciples, don't try to do the mission, but wait, wait in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. He said before he, before he died, he said, you know, it's for your benefit that I'm going away, because if I don't go away, the spirit won't come. We were made to be filled with God's Spirit. The Greek word, and by the way, the Hebrew word for spirit, is the same word that we use for breath. So I thought this would be fun. Humor me for a minute. I just invite you guys right where you're at, take a breath in. Go ahead, right now. And breathe out. Now do it again. Now hold your breath. Keep holding it while I talk at you. How long can you do it? Three minutes. Let's see if you could beat it. That's the longest people can go without breathing. And this is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. Keep holding your breath, by the way. How's it feel? See, God never intended for us to hold our breath for a very long time, unless we're underwater. Either physically or spiritually, we were made to be filled with breath, the breath of God. You could breathe again. Right? We can't live without breathing, and we can't do spiritual work without breathing the Spirit of God. Not even Jesus tried to do spiritual work apart from the power of the Spirit. And the reason we get exhausted, the reason we burn out, is that we try to do God's work on our own strength, 
Our strength is fine. It can carry us for a while, but it's kind of like running a race without breathing. And eventually when things get hard, when a pandemic hits, when we get thrown in jail, when we lose our job, things fall apart, eventually our strength will run out. Even youths grow tired and weak, and young men stumble and fall, but those who wait for the Lord renew their strength. So we need God's strength. The disciples knew that. They knew that only the Spirit, only the Holy Spirit brings lasting kingdom breakthrough. By the way, there's three kinds of uh, breakthrough uh, that the Spirit brings. And I, I just want to share uh, from the passage. The first, the first breakthrough that the Spirit brings is a breakthrough in word. And it says, um, uh, it says, after they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. The Spirit brings a breakthrough in the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel. So we need the, the Spirit so that we can boldly and lovingly talk about Jesus to a world that is post-Christian, secular, that's burned out, has all kinds of rightful baggage about the church that doesn't even really want to listen to the gospel about Jesus. How are we going to cut through all that static and noise to help people see Jesus. We can't do it in our own strength. Only the Spirit can do it. The Spirit also brings breakthroughs indeed, right? And check this out. It says, after this prayer meeting, after the Holy Spirit comes, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. The Spirit, it's not just that we talk about Jesus when the Spirit comes, it's that we actually live the way that Jesus intended us to live. Incredible generosity in this community. This is a community that the most passionate of activists longs to see, but you know what? Never could create on their own without God. Only the Spirit can reconcile us to our enemies from the heart. Only the Spirit can tear down dividing walls of racial and ethnic hostility. Only the Spirit can redistribute resources by people willingly by creating a new kind of family. Only God does it. There's no laws. There's no reforms. I'm not saying those are bad. We need those. But there's no law or reform that can produce the stunningly beautiful kind of community God produces when his spirit moves. And finally, the spirit brings breakthroughs in power. Check this out. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And then, and then it, they pray, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When the spirits poured out, miracles happen. Healing happens. Prophecy happens. Demons are cast out. The world is not necessarily all that interested in a lot of the things we have to say, and it doesn't really think that we have a tremendous track record, and it might be right, but the world is not going to be able to ignore it when someone's healed or raised from the dead, when they're restored in their mind or their body, and only the Spirit does that. And that's why we need more of God. But here's, here's the thing I want to say also. We don't just need more of God one time. We actually need to be refilled 
by the Spirit. We need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's all kinds of doctrines about the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to get into those. Some people believe you're filled with the Spirit when you believe. Some people believe in like what they call a second blessing. You know, Pentecostals believe one thing. Other people believe another thing. Here's what I believe, and I think I'm right. So I believe we're all filled with the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus. And I also think we need to be refilled. So I believe in a second blessing of the Holy Spirit. And it generally comes in between the first blessing and the third blessing. And before the fourth and the fifth. Because when Paul talks about the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. This is in the present continual tense. And another way to say that, the Greek is really saying, keep being filled by the Spirit over and over be refilled and refilled. We need to be refilled with the Spirit. Just look at this passage in Acts 4. They, the disciples had just been baptized in the Spirit miraculously and powerfully two chapters ago, days ago on the day of Pentecost. It, but here they are, like asking again in Acts 4, and they're asking God for more. Well, why would they need more if they already were filled? Why does God answer their prayer and fill them again? Because they needed to be filled again. The, the filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. How many of you, by the way, have ever filled your car's gas tank? Gone to the, you know, the, the gas station and you've filled the tank? Probably most of us, right? How many of you have ever had to refill your gas tank when it ran out of fuel? All of us, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. So D.L. Moody says, he, uh, he says, we are leaky vessels. And we have to keep right under the fountain all the time to keep full of the Spirit of Christ. And then he says, I think this is a great mistake many of us are making. We're trying to do God's work with the grace God gave us 10 years ago. We... We would never dream of running our cars on 10-year-old fuel. I tried to run a boat engine on one-year-old fuel, and it had to go to the shop. And so we need fresh fuel for our souls. The other day, uh, by the way, I, I got to see my dad after about a year and a half. I went out to the West Coast to be with him. Um, my dad loves to sail. And uh, I went sailing with my dad uh, at, at, at the lake. And the wind was blowing, and we put the boat in the water, and we raised the sail. And we went out a couple miles into the lake, and then the wind stopped blowing, which is pretty standard for lake sailing. We knew you'd just have to wait for a while. The sails were empty. They were luffing, is the nautical terminology. They were empty. But then we looked out on the lake, and we saw these ripples on the water. The wind was coming, so what did we do? Well, we took the sails down so they wouldn't be filled again, <laughs> so that we'd stay stuck in the middle of the lake. No, we didn't. What did we do? We kept the sails up. We positioned the boat to catch the wind, and then when the wind came, guess what it did? It filled the sails a second time, and the boat started moving again. And friends, we're like that boat. We as a church, we as individuals need our sails filled again. Some of us are here this morning and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. 
And this happens when we surrender our lives to Jesus. And when we do that, God sends his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Some, some others of us need to be filled by the Holy Spirit again because we're leaky vessels, because we have leaky fuel tanks. We need a fresh filling. We need the gifts of the, of the Spirit. We need apostles. We need prophecy. We need evangelism and teaching and worship and healing and compassion and mercy. We need the fruit of the Spirit. Some of us need love, more love more peace, more gentleness, more self-control. And so these are the fruit of the Spirit, and we need to be refilled. So how do we do that? How do we receive more of God's Spirit? Well, if we want to be filled with God's Spirit, we've got to ask. The first time God sends the Spirit was after the disciples asked. They'd been waiting in the upper room for 10 days in Acts 1 and 2. And the second time, right here in our passage today, of course, God waits until they ask. God knew they, knew they needed the Spirit, but he only sent it when they asked. So many of us have been tempted this year to give up, to burn out, to check out. But have we asked for more of the Holy Spirit? Have we joined with others to ask for a fresh filling? And this is one of the reasons I, at the beginning of the sermon, I, I invited you guys to come to Heart, because Heart is a space where that's what we do. We ask God for more. And so if you find yourself exhausted or weary or burnt out or numbed out or checked out, come to Heart. Come to Heart. And of course, in a minute, we're going to just collectively ask the Holy Spirit for more. We're not asking for something extra like a you know a new Maserati or something we're asking for things God wants us to have Lord give me boldness to share the gospel or give me wisdom to disciple my kids or heal me God heal my heart or my my memories or my bum knee so when I was at the lake last weekend with my dad the wind had been blowing all day but there was a problem there were two problems actually before we went sailing First of all, the boat was not in the water, and the, the, obviously the sails were not up. And so the wind, it's the wind's job to blow, but it was our job to put the boat in the water. And it was our job to raise the sails. And once we did, we caught the wind. And so prayer, kind of seeking prayer where we come together and ask for more, this is the way guys, that we raise the sails of our souls to catch the wind of God. There's more of God for us. There's more power and more love, more presence, more giftings, more fruit, but it's our job to ask. It's our job to raise the sails. And so as God's people with this calling, we're, we're going to get punched in the mouth. Hard things are going to happen. And we'll be tempted to give up or to check out or to burn out. But what we need is to ask God to fill us afresh with the Spirit. And so as we close, just a couple invitations for us to respond right now, right here. Some of us this morning have, been, have given up. Some of us have checked out. Some of us have burned out. And if that's you this morning, come to Jesus right now. Just come to him and, and tell him, Lord, I've given up or I've checked out or I've numbed out. I've burned out. 
give you my weakness. Lord, we give you our exhaustion and our coping mechanisms we've tried to use to replace you. Some of us this morning need to be filled with God's spirit for the first time. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus, and the way that happens is we surrender to Jesus. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you right now, just put your hands out as an act of surrender, an act of faith. Jesus says, to anyone who's thirsty, let them come to me. Whoever trusts in me, living water will flow from within him. Jesus fills us with his life and his spirit when we come and surrender to him. And so if that's you this morning, if you've never trusted Jesus or had a relationship with him, just put your hands out right now if that's something you want. And by putting out your hands, you're saying, Lord, I know I need you in my life, and I believe that your death on the cross has opened a door for me to be in relationship with you and to have your power and your presence. And if that's what you want right now, put out your hands. If your hands are out, just pray with me. Just pray along in your heart with me. God, I admit, like everyone else, I've sinned against you. I need to be restored to a relationship with you. And I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross and rose again so I can be your child. And I surrender my life to you. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer in your heart, the scripture says you've crossed from death to life. And so I just want to encourage you, tell someone about it. It's so awesome. And reach out to one of the staff or the prayer leaders or the person you came with. Tell them what happened because we want to support and encourage you. And finally, some of you guys this morning know that you need a fresh filling of God's spirit. And so as an act of faith, just right now, I just want you to ask Jesus if there's a specific way that you need to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Maybe there's a place in your body that's sick or needs healing. Maybe there's a gift that you're longing to receive. A couple weeks ago, I was on a Zoom call. Like, everything happens on Zoom these days, including the filling of the Holy Spirit. And there were 75 other people on this call. And uh, the person leading the call challenged us in faith to put a hand on ourselves as a way of bringing a specific need to Jesus and opening ourselves up for the Spirit to minister to us. And I was filled with a longing for the gift of evangelism, to be able to talk about Jesus to people that need to know him. And so I put a hand on my mouth, you know, like this. And I was also overwhelmed with this need to know that I was God's son, that he loved me no matter what. And so I put, I put a hand on my head, almost like I was asking God, just, God, lay your hand on my head and bless me as your child. And, and as I put those on there, I prayed and the Spirit met me. I actually still feel impacted by that prayer time that was several weeks ago. And so I want to invite you right now, let's try it out, do the same. And so... Let's pray. Holy Spirit, for those that are seeking an impartation or a fresh filling of your spirit, give them faith right now just to lay a hand on some part of their body where you're nudging them or where they need you to fill. And so as the Spirit leads you, just go ahead. Put a hand on yourself. Don't worry about, you know, people around you. Um, they're not watching. And then in faith, just begin to ask God to fill you right now and minister to you. And as you do that, I'm going to pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come breath of God. Come wind of God. Fill us. And as the wind fills the sails of the boat, as water fills an empty cup, come and heal what's broken. 
Come and restore what's weary. Come into our thirst and overflow with your presence. Lord, provide gifts where there's need. Activate those gifts that have gone dormant. Activate the callings that have been left behind. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us right now. Amen.